Good afternoon and greetings from Total Restoration Church and Ministries and from our Lady McLeod. Um, we thank you guys and we're so delighted that you are joining us again today uh, for a very, very uh, intricate time with God, a time that we spend over his word, breaking the bread of his word. You know, Jesus said, I am the bread of life and we are so glad that you are just here with us. Uh, we want to uh, sit down and fellowship over the over the gospel and let God speak truths into your life, lives. You know, the Bible says to receive the engrafted word with meekness, which is in turn able to save the soul. So again, thank you for being here. Uh, we shout out to all the TRC members and our e-members and those that are consistent in following the gospel and fellowshipping with us. Uh, we just want to say we thank God for you. So without any further ado, let's get right over into the word. You know, um, uh, I want to share with you just what God has had in my spirit. And it's I, I, I won't say that this is a series. Um, I don't know at this point, but I do know that this is something that God is just kind of speaking in my heart. And I want to just take the time. I uh, I'm very prayerful that God will speak to you in a way that will cause you to reflect on your life, where you are, where you are with him. So today I want to talk to you simply from the subject of it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Now, I know what you're thinking, uh, but, you know, long before that was a song, people struggled with saying goodbye to yesterday. So let's keep it up here in modern day vernacular and we will we will just continue to fellowship in this. Have you ever heard the phrase that yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today is a gift? That's why it's called the present. Well, truth be known, is that it's because of what you do today that will cause you to be able to not only anticipate tomorrow, but it, it will also cause you to be able to erase your past. You know, you're one good decision away from success. Are you listening? It is the yesterdays that keep most people from being able to um, to free them up. It is the yesterdays. And it keeps most people from being able to celebrate their tomorrow. It is what you do today. Are you listening? We try to move on in life without first becoming unstuck, which is the problem. And this is why you see so many people who... Um, just they're, they're frustrated. They're stagnated in their lives. Now, what, what causes us to be stuck? Maybe it's some aspect of your life that you haven't released to God. You haven't surrendered. Maybe it's some sin that you can't seem to shake. And you find out. <coughs> excuse me. You find out that you are on a merry-go-round. Maybe it's some disappointment 
that you um, encountered. And this thing seems to ride you, kind of haunt you. Then again, maybe it is your work, family, recreation uh, pattern that's kind of out of balance. Maybe that's what you're dealing with. Um, how do we, how do we successfully move on from our yesterdays? You know, there's times Paul said, remember in times past, but he was encouraging you to learn from your past. He was not trying to get you to go back and relive your past because then there were other times when he says, forgetting those things that are behind me, I look to the things that are before and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things in our lives and we've all had experiences in our lives that we just are really, really not fond of. We, we, we wish we could just move on. And the truth of the matter is, is you can, you can, but you have to make not only a decision, you have to know how to do this. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about a few things here today that maybe you can identify where you are in your life. Maybe you can identify the reason why you uh, are stuck between that proverbial rock and hard place. Okay. And hopefully it is by the wisdom of God and the word of God that it will cause you to get off of that, that, that cycle. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you know, everybody out here has something going on in their life that they want to move on from. Are you listening? You should. So let's begin to talk about the things that cause us to be stuck in our lives stuck in the yesterdays, because I'm telling you, as long as you find yourself in the yesterdays, tomorrow will never become a reality to you. All right. So let's look here. Let's go to Luke chapter five. And the first thing that causes us to be stuck is we're stuck on that proverbial wheel. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We're stuck on that proverbial wheel. It's like the hamster effect. We're running, but we're not going anywhere. We're only getting fatigued. We're only getting frustrated. We're only getting discontent because we're seeing the same thing continuously. Now, in Luke chapter 5, we want to take our example from Jesus the Bible says in Luke chapter five, let's look at verse 15. But so much more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself in the wilderness and prayed. Now the Bible says that Jesus' fame went out all over the place and people begin to hear of this Jesus of Nazareth and many people begin to seek him out and the Bible says that his fame went abroad but now Jesus response to that was he withdrew himself in the wilderness and prayed now this is what we mean 
Jesus would withdraw himself in order to reflect. He wanted to go and to see and make sure that he was continuously flowing with the Father. Jesus said, I do nothing except I hear it of my Father. Many times we get on that wheel and we find ourselves uh, unattached from the Father. We find ourselves unattached from the gospel. We find ourselves uh, detached from the things that we said that we would never do again. But 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 we find ourselves detached from that that promise. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus pulled aside, even when the people were seeking him out. Jesus knew when to pull aside. Sometimes we don't know when to pull aside. Sometimes we don't know when to uh, go to that place where it's just you alone with the Father. Sometimes the problem is that we remain too close to our circumstances in order to see them clearly. You know, I remember an uh, illustration that was done one time in one of the uh, uh, spiritual encounters that that was done on the weekend. And uh, I remember one of the guys taking uh, a driver's license and placing it up to a guy's face and said, tell me what's on this. And he couldn't read it. And the reason why he couldn't read it, he said, now I want you to step back just a little bit. And as he stepped back, it, his focus became a little more clear. And he began to read what was on the license. He said, this is the thing that most people don't understand. Sometimes you are too close to your own situation to be able to clearly identify what is going on in your life. Sometimes you need to step back, but you don't need to just step back. You need to step back prayerfully with the Father. Step back and begin to ask him, what is going on in my life right now that has dealt me this continual hand of disappointment? What is it I'm missing? What is it that you're saying to me that I'm not hearing? And Jesus made a habit of withdrawing himself from the crowd, withdrawing himself from the drama, withdrawing himself even from what we see here. Listen, even people that he knew. Sometimes you have to withdraw yourself. Are you listening? In order for you to identify exactly what you're going through. You're too close to seeing things as they are. Now, I want to go to Mark because I want to show you another thing and keep this in mind, what we're talking about. If you go to Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, and I just want to talk to you this afternoon. I don't want to come off so preachy. I just really want to talk. Now, if you consider hearing the scriptures preaching, I'm going to be preaching because I don't believe no one's opinion can rival the word of God. The word of God is absolute truth. So, but I, I do want to just, just, just talk with you. I want you to be able to reflect, take the time to hear. I don't want you to get all overly emotional, but I do want you to hear what God is saying to you because he's trying to reach you right now. There, you're at a, at a place in your life, a very, very important time in your life 
that you need to hear the word of God. Now, in Mark chapter one, listen to this, uh, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and he departed in a solitary place and prayed. Can you see that this is a tendency, a habit of Jesus? He would get up. He would go into a solitary place. Let me tell you something, guys. Even if you are married, you have to have that solitary place. There is a time you need to find you. You know, everything is not. Yes, you are married, but you still need to find and locate you. You need to know where you are. You need to have that time where you can regather your thoughts, where you can get the plan from God, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think of you, thoughts of not evil, but 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 thoughts of peace to give you, to give you an expected end. God said, I have plans for you. He has individual plans and he has collective plans. And sometimes you need to just withdraw into a solitary place. And the Bible says in verse 36, and Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. Now, can you get a little bit of an understanding how Jesus' popularity began to escalate? He began to, it began to rise and people began to seek after him, which brings me to the next point. Uh, when he said all of the men seek after him, listen to what Jesus said in verse 38. And he said unto them, let us go to the next town that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. Let us go to the next town. This is what was happening. Jesus' popularity and his success was chasing him. Now, many times we find that when we experience some success, we tend to like to park there. We tend to like to stay in that area of success because we like being liked. We like being uh, talked about. We like uh, uh, people throwing the proverbial water in our face and the oil in our face. But Jesus took the opportunity when he knew that all men were seeking after him. He said, let us go to the next place. Let's go to another town, which brings me another place that we get stuck. We get stuck in past success. Are you listening? We get stuck in past success. Many people get an addiction to how they used to do it. They get an addiction to how they used to uh, live. They get an addiction to what used to work in the past. You know, and it's the same way that right now, the church has undergone a tremendous change uh, beginning with, the, with this pandemic. There has been a lot of things that happened. There are going to be people that have been detached from God and detached from the spirit of God that will try to go back to church the same way they left it. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to be like a fish out of water. There's a big difference in how church is now than how church was even a year ago. And if you are not flowing with God, you will find yourself wanting to go back. Some people are just waiting to go back so they can go back like they left. 
But I'm telling you now, there's going to be a great disappointment because church is no longer going to be done like it was done before. God has said, behold, I do a new thing. Who can know it? How many people is going to recognize the new thing that God has done? This is time to shift gears when you have momentum. Shift gears while you have momentum. That's the time to shift gears. You know this even when you drive a manual transmission. You wait until you get up so many RPMs and you shift gears while you have momentum. And so what is happening, most people in their lives don't recognize this. When they have momentum, they don't shift gears. When they have momentum, most people downshift and pull over in a rest area and just rest. That's not the time. If you're ever going to achieve something in life, you are going to have to learn how to ride momentum. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So listen to this. Don't be afraid or insecure to move on from what used to work in the past. Don't allow fear to keep you from doing something different. Or don't live in insecurity because of the unknown that you will not move on from what used to work in the past. Are you listening? I can help you by just throwing this out here too as far as uh, relationships are concerned. You may be married. You may be married five years, 10 years. I don't know. But the bottom line is this. If you are growing in God, you are not married to the same person that you married five years ago, 10 years ago. There has to be a constant level of increased knowledge and familiarity with the person that they are becoming. You know, you don't be like the guy who said, you know, uh, I got married 25 years ago and I told my wife I loved her then. And the wife says, yes, but he's not, he don't say those things anymore. His response was, well, I told her if anything would change, I'd let her know. <laughs> 25 years. Are you listening? Many people are insecure because once they have adapted a certain way of doing things and they feel comfortable, they don't want to do anything else that's going to cause them to have to relearn. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Shift gears when you got momentum and don't be afraid or don't be insecure to move on from what used to work in the past. Are you listening? Now, let's move on. Let's go to Mark chapter six. And I'm going to, we're going to talk about another thing that keeps us stuck in the past, stuck in yesterday. And I hope you identify these things so you can make a mental note of how you're going to address this. Because if you don't, you will never see growth in your life. And growth without change is impossible. Are you listening? Growth without change is impossible. You even have to be different. Even how you, uh, with your kids, you have to be different. Why? Because your kids are being filled with a plethora of information. They have become knowledgeable about a lot of things. Back when we were growing up, when you 
you ask the question, why do I do this or that? Because I said so. And I know some of you feel like that still works, but what you're trying to do now is not get understanding. You're trying to use power. Are you listening? They don't respect you. They are afraid of you. Some people say, well, that's good. <laughs> well, you are teaching them how to be afraid of other people that they meet too. If you're a mother and you're domineering over your son, you are teaching him how to only look for a wife that's going to dominate him. If you have a daughter and fathers, you talk to them any kind of way, you are teaching them to look for a husband that will degrade them and talk to them any kind of way. Remember, they're learning in your garden. That's just, that's free, okay? That's free. That don't cost you anything. Mark chapter 6. There's going to be a lot of nuggets in this. And you will begin to see that God is trying to teach us how to live on another level. Mark chapter 6. And the Bible says, verse 7. And he called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two. And he gave them power over all un unclean spirits. The Bible says, and these were his instructions. This is what the NIV said. Here's his instructions. He said to them that you should nothing for your job. Save your staff only. No script, no bread, no money, no purse. Are you listening? He said, wear sandals and not put on two coats. Jesus was giving them instructions. He said, and if any place will not, will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet. It shall be a testimony against them. Now, this is what he said. If you go into any house or any city and they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. You shall be held as a testimony. This is one reason, and I'll back up because I want to share a point out of this. But this is one reason why you should not be arguing with folks, trying to get folks to change. You can't make people change. Jesus said your responsibility was to identify that they don't want to change. And maybe it's not you that can help them change. So shake the dust off your feet and it shall be held as a testimony against them. He said, move on. And we spend too much time dealing with people that don't want to change. You can't change everyone. Jesus was perfect, and he couldn't change everyone. Otherwise, the Bible says hell had enlarged itself. That would not be the case if Jesus could change everyone. He had the ability to change everyone, but everyone would not receive him. Are you listening? Neither are they going to receive you. So learn to shake the dust off your feet. Now, here is another thing that we need to talk about because he told them, he said, when you go, don't take anything with you except your staff. Don't take a purse. Don't take, don't take bread. Don't take a, a, a script. He said, don't take any of these things. No money. Don't take any of these things. Why? This is another reason why people find themselves uh, in this uh, predicament. They are stuck in the unprofitable. Why? You need to declutter your life. Your life is filled with things that are unprofitable. Your life is filled with things that you have taken 
in as security blankets. These things are the things that's made you independent of God because this is the very thing Jesus was trying to get them not to do. He said, don't take anything with you. So you would have to be dependent on God. So you would need him in your in your every area. You need him for money. You need him for food. You need him for clothing. You need him for fellowship. You need him for all of these things. However, what we've done was our life is filled with clutter. We have all of these unnecessary things in our lives that we really don't need, and they have caused us to live a life that's independent of God. Are you listening? See, when you're stuck in a storm, it is then that you reevaluate what is necessary and what isn't. The Bible says in Jonah and 1.5, the Bible talked about how when the storm came up, it said every man began to call upon his own God, and they then began to lighten the ship so it would not sink. Now, this is a very good point that you have to understand. It was only under pressure that they began to reevaluate what is necessary in their lives and what's not. They began to throw things overboard that when they left the dock, they thought they needed. You have things in your life right now that you thought or you think you need. But when pressure comes, when the storm comes, you will begin to reevaluate and you will begin then to prioritize and start tossing things over overboard that you realize I really don't need. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It happens to all of us. You finally see what's unimportant. Okay, let us move on. Let us move on. Let's go to Second Second Corinthians chapter seven. Second Corinthians. And while you are turning to that, just look around. Look at the clutter that's in your life. You live a life now where you have to walk with your phone in your face. You live a life now to where you have to have something to pacify your time as though there's nothing else you could be doing. We say we don't have time to spend with God, but the truth of the matter is, is we don't have time that we choose to spend with God. Are, are you listening? I hear people say stuff that is pretty... Um, I want to use the right word because I don't want to be disrespectful. Um, but they make comments like, well, when you was in the hospital, God put you on your back so you could look up. Listen, God is an opportunist. God began to talk to you when you didn't have all the other stuff to distract you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God is saying to you, I try to talk to you when you got up. I try to talk to you when you was eating breakfast. When you got in the car, you got on the phone. When you got at work, you still got in front of a screen. When you got off of work, you got back on the phone. You had no time for me. 
Are you listening? And we do this to God all the time and we wonder why we are not hearing accurately, why our life is not thrust forward, why we are not thriving in this time of our lives. <clears throat> so, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, receive us, for we have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. This is Paul saying this. We have defrauded no man. Now, is this the same guy that used to put people in prison having Christians whipped? What is actually going on here? We have defrauded no man. We have wronged no man. He said, he said, we, we, we've not, we've corrupted no man. One reason why we can't move forward is because we are stuck in a victim mode, stuck in a victim mentality. Your whole concept is what they did to you, what happened to you. You have failed to embrace your new identity. This is what Paul said. Paul said, hey, we have wronged no man. Why? What was he doing? Paul was embracing the person that God called him to be and not the person he used to be. Anytime you hear somebody always talking about what they did, how they did it, and so forth and so on, they have not embraced their new identity. They are still in a victim mode talking about what used to happen, what did happen. Listen, something has happened to everyone. Some people move on, some people don't. You have to embrace your new identity. Are you listening? And when you fail to embrace today, there is nowhere else to live but yesterday. See, because you can't be two places at one time. And when you fail to embrace today, there is nowhere else for you to live except yesterday. Are you listening? And that is two places that is out of your power to a certain degree. Definitely yesterday, because you cannot change the past. Tomorrow, because it's not promised to you, you can only prepare to make tomorrow better than it was today. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen to me, guys, because there are some people that cannot, if, if you listen to them long enough, they will begin to talk about how somebody wronged them, how somebody hurt them, how somebody did them like this or that. And I can't believe. Are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. And most people have no idea of the person God called them to be. But they are so familiar with the person they used to be. Are you listening to this? One thing about your past, your past should serve as a lesson and not a life sentence. Your past should serve as a lesson and not a life sentence. You should be to the place where you could go back into the archives of your past and learn tremendous lessons 
from the things you did wrong, from the things that happened wrong, from the things that that people did wrongly to you. You should be able to learn something. It should not be a life sentence. You should not every day of your life, every time your feet hit the floor, you are serving a life sentence from your past. Are you listening? Now, I'm telling you, people will always try to talk to you about your past. I don't spend any time talking to anybody about my past except giving examples of what I learned. Are you listening? I refuse to allow anybody to cause me to identify with my past. And until you embrace your future, until you embrace the person God made you, you can say what you want to say, but you are living in your past. You are in a victim mentality. And some people love that because they love to get attention. And they, they, they choose not to get attention from accomplishments, so they want to get attention from sympathy. Are you listening? Now, l- let me give you a little wisdom here. Yesterday does not offer an option for choice. Yesterday does not offer you an option of choice. There is nothing you can do about what happened yesterday. There is no choices you can make about yesterday. There is no choices you can make about what happened to you. There is no choices you can make about the mistakes you made. There is no choice. Look, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I could care less about that because I try to learn from those and move on. And if you are one who love pity parties, then I reject the invitation. I am not coming to a pity party. I will come to help you. But if you are one of those that say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, all you got to say that to me is about three times and then I'm gone. (laughs) Are you listening? Because when you're going to believe you before you believe me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And if you say you can't, then you can't. And no matter how many times I say you can, you're going to believe you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So yesterday does not offer an option for choice. Now, let me get ready to bring this thing on home. (laughs) Let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. I want to read a scripture that you've read before, but I want to read it with a new, um, well, to shine a different light. Are you listening? These teachings will help you if you receive them. If you don't receive them, nothing can help you because the only way medicine can work for you if it gets in you. See, Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh, but he have nothing in me. Who has something in you? Does the enemy have more in you than God has in you? See, you being saved does not guarantee that God has majority ownership in you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
if God, we are the temple and the Bible says God owns us, but if he is only renting your vessel, then he, he does not have majority ownership in you. Are you listening? Now, first Samuel, I'm going to show you something here. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse one, the Bible says this. He said, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Now, I want to say this before I move on. The Bible says my spirit will not strive with man always. It's not up to me to say when God has had enough of you and I. It's, it's not up to me to declare that. But as from the scriptures, you can see that you can disobey God so long you can walk so long with a, a, a difficult spirit. You can go so long over time that God will reject you. Now, that's not up to me to say when. That's up to you. You only you know how long you've been doing this. But he said, my spirit will not strive with man all, always. God has a work that has to be done. And there is a time that it has to be done by. And God does not have the time to pacify my emotions, your emotions, and the emotion of people that refuse to grow up and move on with the program. Saul was like that. Saul was very difficult. Saul knew better, but Saul wouldn't do better. Are you listening? And so here is the man of God still believing in, in Saul, still mourning over Saul and over Saul's disobedience. And the Lord had to tell the man of God, how long are you going to continue sitting here wasting all of this effort and time on somebody I have moved on from? Listen to this. He said, fill the horn with oil and go and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I have provided me a king among his sons. God said, go down to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Get up. Fill your horn with oil. What is this all for a new anointing? You will never get a new anointing in an old place. We sit there and we say, oh, Father, oh, anoint me. Anoint me with a new, a fresh anointing. And God has said, why you need a fresh anointing? And you're still in the same place I left you. Now, understand, I mean that in a, in a uh, metaphorically, okay, you're still in the same place that I left you. In other words, I moved on and you're not doing anything different than you did five years ago. Why do you need a fresh anointing? God is not a waster of oil. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? God will, he will let, God also rise the momentum. You shift into another gear, God will give you a fresh anointing. Why? Because you need a fresh anointing for the next level. But on this level, that all that you have now is sufficient for this level. And if that's all you want, there's going to be no new, no, no new all. 
Now, let me show you something here because I want to explain something. The thing you have to make sure is, see, this is how you say goodbye to yesterday. You have to make sure that you're not trying to hold on to something that God has moved on from. We do that. We do that with people. See, let me tell you, even as a pastor or bishop, my wife and I, we can tell you, sometimes we hate to see anybody leave our church. We really we really don't. I mean, that's counterproductive for people to just leave the church. But it happens. Bishop Hash says it this way. It's like a train. When it stops, some people get on, some people get off. <laughs> you can't do nothing about that. We hate to see that. But one lesson that we have learned all throughout all of these years, and it's been over 30 something years that we've been in ministry, that we never find yourself trying to hold on to something that God has moved on from. Now, did I say God has re moved on from the people? He's rejected the people? No. What God will do is when he sees that a person is not going to be a part of his plan, he will no longer continue to try to use them. You can see that. That happened with Samson. That happened here with, with, with Saul. And this is something that, that God has done. Listen, make sure that you're not trying to hold on to something that God has moved on from. You see people in bad relationships trying to make something happen out of something that God has moved on from. You know, this happened with, it happened with Samuel and Saul. Uh, this also happened with Abram, Abraham or Abram and um, Ishmael. The Bible says that he was looking out, that, that, that uh, Sarah was looking out the window at the two boys playing and she said, Ishmael and, 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 and the bond woman has got to go. And the Bible says that Abram was grieved because he did not, he wanted to hold on to Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the child of the promise. He was a child of the flesh. Right now, many of us have found security blankets holding on to stuff in the flesh. And God has said, it, you either going to trust me and move on from it, or you're going to hold on to it until it marks your blessing. That's another story. Now, or Joshua chapter 18 and uh, verse one through three, the Bible says that the children of Israel, they was up on the mountain at Shiloh. And the Bible says that Joshua had to, you know, he, he was, Joshua was talking to the last seven tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. This is uh, Joshua 18, one through three. And Joshua asked them the question, how long are you slack to go <laughs> and possess the land that the Lord has given you? How long are you slack? See, God had moved on from there. He was saying, I am in the land of promise. I will go before you. Which brings me to another point. Many people have not seen the future because they have they are not confident that God speaks to your future. He he listen, if you go back, the Bible says obeying Kings, first or second Kings chapter 18, I believe it is, where the Bible says, where he it was Elisha, and he said that uh, go to the brook of Cherith. 
It's not going to rain, but I have already spoken to the ravens in order for them to bring you uh, drink and bring you food. And then the Bible says that the brook dried up and he spoke to him and said, I want you to go to Zarephath because I've already spoken to a widow woman. I've already prepared the way. I've already set the table. Go there. That's where the food is. Just like he said to Abram. He said, you go to the mountain that I'll show you. There's a ram in the bush where I show you. Go to the wrong mountain. Go to a mountain I didn't tell you. Go to a mountain that's comfortable. Go to a mountain you like better. And there is no ram in the bush. And you will have to sacrifice something that belongs to you. Are you listening, guys? Hear what I'm saying. God has already spoken to your future. He's already spoken. You're in yesterday and God is waiting in tomorrow for you to show up. It's going to require faith. You're stuck in the past. That's why people, that's why they grieve. That's why they're discontented. That's why they're uninspired. You see people that are just uninspired. They have no inspiration about the gospel. They have no inspiration about the, their call. No inspiration about the mandate. They know they're going to have to stand judgment for what, what God called them to do. But they are so uncaring. They're indifferent. It doesn't matter to them. Why? Why? Because they are in the past and they have no consciousness of their future where God is trying to take them. They are trying to change the unchangeable. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. You see people that, and they just don't, you don't see, you know, one day I'm going to teach this, something I said around some of my uh, family members. And they was like, oh, my God. And this is probably a month ago. Teach a lesson called the smoking church. Why is it the smoking church? Well, for several reasons. Why? Because part of the church still smoking. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. I, did I say that? <laughs> but you see smoke when there is no fire. We're going to leave it right there. I'm not giving you any more. Let's digest this. Okay. <laughs> the church walking around, man, with, dog, with, with uh, vaping, <laughs> smoking. <laughs> Why? There's no fire. And then when there is, sometimes it's just strange fire. That's another story. Let's finish this. God has already assigned a change in your future, and it's just awaiting your recognition. He's already spoken to your future. God is waiting on you to show up at his plan. He's already spoken. You're struggling right now, wondering, how do I do this? How do I do this? Easy. Get up and move forward. That's why. That's how you do it. Because what you're moving forward to is your answer. What you're leaving is your problem. <laughs> Did you get that? Your answer is in your future, not your past. It's already there. It's already there.
God has already spoken. He's already spoken. And yes, it may be hard to say goodbye to yesterday, but it is necessary. And even the one that said that, they went from boys to men. <laughs> when I when I was a child, I thought as a child, I speak as a child, I comprehended as one. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Are you listening to me? God is waiting on you in your future. God is not in your past. People see Jesus in two things. They see him in the manger. They see him on the cross. He's not in either one of those places. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father awaiting your arrival. And that is how he operates in your life. That is his ministry. Jesus is awaiting your arrival at your answer. So how long will you avoid it? How long will you avoid your answer? I know your answer is in this word today. I know it is. So I'm saying to you, go back over this thing again. Share it with somebody. Put it out there. People need to hear it and you need to rehear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Are you listening? And hearing by the word of God. People need to hear this. And it's your job to put it out there. You didn't have to preach it. Just hit a button and share it. Amen. Praise God. And TRC, let's pick it up and let's get faithful again. Let's get faithful again. God is trying to take you to your wealthy place, but he won't do it as long as you are content, sitting in your past uninspired. Let's go forward. Let's move forward. Let's pick it up. Are you listening? So I hope you've been blessed by this word. And until we get together again, if Jesus tarry, whatever you do, however you do it, whenever you do it, and for how long you do it, make sure you're not doing it in yesterday. I'll meet you in the future. So we then together can keep it real.